You're listening to AIB Market Talk with our latest financial market update. Hello and welcome to this, our weekly update on Tuesday 19th of February from AIB's Customer Treasury Services. I'm Gavin O'Carroll. I'm joined by Oliver Mangan, AIB's Chief Economist, to discuss the conflicting signals on the global economic outlook and then 38 days to Brexit. Ollie, it was a US bank holiday for President's Day yesterday and with midterm school holidays across the Ireland and the UK, I think it's worth recapping on where markets are globally year to date. There are conflicting signals in the global economic outlook. US stock markets 10% higher year to date, European indices 6-7% higher, oil prices 20% higher. But then we look at the bond markets, where we are seeing declining yields in Europe, stabilising at lower levels in the US. What's going on with this market dynamic and can you try and explain to our listeners what's this year to date dynamic? Well, what we're seeing here to some extent is the reversal of what we saw in the closing months of last year, where stock markets fell very, very sharply, a big risk-off sentiment in market. Uh, well, we've seen central banks uh, send out signals that they're going to be very patient about increasing interest rates. They're very cognizant of the slowdown in global growth. Uh, and what we have is a strong rebound in across all uh, stock markets, but particularly in the US. They actually had a very strong finish last week. Uh, they're up 11% now year-to-date. Uh, that's one of the strong starts on a long time uh, to a year for stock markets. And as you say, at the same time, you know, the decline in bond yields we saw in the closing months of last year has, if anything, particularly in Europe, extended into this year. So the bond market's worried about growth is slowing down, and yet we stock markets rising. So I think you know, we, have, we have improved sentiment in financial markets. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and I think stock markets are taking heart from these soundings from central banks uh, we've had the Fed literally do a somersault in mm. January. In December, it told us we're going to increase rates three more times. And then come January, with hardly any new data, it tells us actually we're putting policy on hold and we could easily cut rates as much as raise them. So that's, you know, to, to markets, particularly stock markets, uh, that sounds like uh, the Fed's very sensitive to the new slow on the not just the US economy, the global economy, and central banks will react to that. Whereas the, the, the data have come out, particularly out of Europe, have been weak. Uh, and underpinned the rally in bond markets that occurred towards the end of last year, and that's extended into this year. So we have mixed signals for data. I mean, look, look at the data. We had super payrolls uh, for January. Last Friday. Yeah, and then we weak PMIs in Europe. So this, this, the, the data themselves have not been given a consistent message here. So to some extent, uh, different markets are interpreting differently. Our earnings season in the States was quite positive as well. Yeah, it was reasonably good. Uh, you know, earnings are still rising, but it's not surprising at this stage of the cycle, it's not rising at the same pace it was 12 months ago, 24 months ago, and that's to be expected. So uh, I think really it's mixed economic data are sending mixed signals uh, to the markets and they're interpreting them differently. Okay, so data you mentioned, coming up this week, it's quite a busy week for... Uh, Europe, US. So we've got PMIs from Europe on Thursday, and and the individual, the big big engine of European growth, uh, Germany, France. Uh, we've got the US PMIs yeah. for February also, and then we've got the uh, IFO Business Sentiment Index on Friday, Germany. Um, minutes from the Fed meeting this Wednesday evening tomorrow. Yeah, I think the the PMI data are very important, uh, and particularly in regard to Europe, because they have been the data that have pointed first to the slowdown activity in Europe and with particularly weak figures in January. Now, it will be concerning if that downtrend in those PMIs continued and extended into the spring. So I think markets will be f- very focused on the European PMI uh, data in particular that come out on Thursday. 
as well as that, uh, it's February data. We also have the IFO index. It's a great index for the German economy. That's out on Friday. Markets will be very focused on that. They may be less so in the States in the sense that there's an expectation that the data will be distorted somewhat by the very severe weather we got in late January, uh, the government shutdown and what have you. So I think it's taken as a given that there'll be softer data, softer growth in quarter one in the States. So people will be looking more to the spring, uh, late spring, whether we get a renewed pickup in activity uh, in the US. So I think some form of slower growth is, is anticipated in the US. But the US economy has been growing very strongly. It grew up mm. nearly 3% last year. So people aren't as concerned about that. It's this very weak growth, both in the UK and in the Eurozone, that's bothering markets. I mean, those two economies might grow by as little as 1% this year, compared to you know, the US growing by 3%. So they'll be paying particular attention to see whether the downturn or maybe the slowdown in the European economy, particularly the Eurozone, uh, is it gathering momentum? Uh, is the economy stabilising? Are the signs that activity might be picking up again? And okay, that's we're giving the US a bit of a pass there. So we're talking folks in Europe. We know the tariff story as well between China and US, but tariff stories come onto the radar for Europe as well now in terms of what the US could do, what 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 Trump could do. That's that's been a story over the last seventy two hours. Yeah, well, I think most most focus will be on the uh, the, the discussions on trade between China and the US. I mean, uh, they've been ongoing. There have been different soundings coming, but uh, you know, a deal was supposed to be concluded by the 1st of March. There are uh, indications that that deadline may be extended. Uh, there seems to be progress we've made in those talks. And again, that's been a factor behind the improved risk sentiment in markets uh, and the gains by stock markets year to date. So now, if that went awry uh, and those trade talks broke down, that would be a very negative signal for the, for the stock markets. Um, so they are important, but I think... I think that might be some weeks away before we get uh, real news in that front. Uh, the indications are we won't get anything definite by the 1st of March, but at least they're still talking. Progress has been made. They're getting quite detailed. And markets will follow that story very, very closely in the coming weeks. Ollie, we're only seven weeks into the year, and we seem to have covered an awful lot of data and uh, themes with the market and, and the ups and downs and roller coasters. But every year you'd get this volatility, but volatility has been absent from the currency markets primarily. Euro sterling range, the, the, the one that's primary for UK and Ireland. That's, we've touched on this before, been there since September 17, this range of 91 down to 87p. You mentioned a deadline a few minutes ago. Let's talk about the Brexit deadline just for a few minutes. I mean, there hasn't been a lot of news over the last seven days uh, but the politicians have been talking. We've got the Brexit Secretary was over in Europe Monday, but at this stage we're, we're seeing no real political compromise on either side. Yeah, well, well, two questions there. First of all, on the currency markets, you're absolutely right. There's been very little movement there year to date. They're hardly changed. It's not surprising because virtually every central bank has taken to the sidelines and says we're not moving policy anytime soon. And markets have come to the view, actually, rates are going nowhere for the year as a whole. So rates are on hold. So just because the Fed said we're not going to increase interest rates, actually, we've much more dovish soundings coming from the ECB and the Bank of England as well. So as a result, it's uh, rates on hold everywhere. And as you know, uh, hence, currency markets have been quite range-bound. Obviously, the big mover that could occur is in relation to Brexit. And as you say, very little news in the last seven days. Really, it's next week is going to be important. Uh, Theresa May has vowed to come back to Parliament. She hopes to have some developments for them in relation to the backstop. Will that be? Will there be another vote? Uh, and also, you know, the patience of MPs is beginning to wear thin at this stage. They're very, very conscious, as you said, that we're, you know, what it was 36, 37 days to Brexit. 
And, you know, the mood of the House is whatever happens, we don't want uh, a hard Brexit, no deal Brexit uh, to occur. So I would expect that next week uh, we may see some room by MPs to try and prevent that happening, introducing the motion into the House. Uh, but it's very much next week's story. The negotiations are ongoing. Um, there's no sign of much progress being made yet, but we'll see what happens in the next seven days. But next week will be important in terms of, of Brexit, and, and, and developments need to be very closely watched there. And as you said many times before, the upside for sterling from current levels is probably limited. Mm-hmm. But if things start to go wrong in terms of Brexit, you know, sterling could fall very sharply. Touching the politics, so the Tories have been divided for a long time. Labour? Yes, we had a breakaway, seven MPs leaving yesterday. That's been in the wind for quite some time. Uh, and, you know, there are divisions in the Labour Party around Brexit as well, from, from MPs who support uh, no deal hard Brexit to MPs who want to remain within the EU, want a second referendum. And they've been unhappy with the line adopted by the leadership of the Labour Party on Brexit for quite some time. There are other issues there at work as well, I mean, uh, in terms of Labour Party's, let's say, foreign policy in relation to Russia, Venezuela, etc. So it's not a surprise. This has been coming for some time. Uh, and, you know, it happened before in the 1980s. Mm. The Labour Party splintered. So it will be interesting to see how this plays out in Parliament, though. And look, at this stage, we've had the Europeans holding a line in the Brexit negotiations. We've got the UK, you know, divisions in both the main parties now. In a normal political environment, you've probably already headed to the, to the electors. This is not normal times. No. And, and as you said, like, okay, it's 38 days to the Tuesday to go to Brexit, 38 days to resolve this. Well, I, I think what we're looking at at this stage is a delay to Brexit. And we've spoken about yeah, this many I times. We're, we're, I can't, even, even if a deal is negotiated in the next two weeks and signed off, there simply won't be enough time for the UK Parliament to give effect mm. to the required legislation that has to be passed. So, uh, and senior cabinet ministers have begun to mention this. So, I think. I'd be very surprised if by the end of March the UK leaves uh, the EU. Uh, I would fully expect that they'll seek... Uh, oh, we, we'll see what the circumstances are, uh, whether they require time to pass legislation, whether they require more time to try and come to a common position in the uh, UK Parliament. But I'd be very surprised if there isn't... Uh, UK doesn't seek and, uh, and is granted an extension to Article 50 to by delay Brexit, probably by two to three months at a minimum. Okay, Ollie, thank you. We've discussed a number of topics today and look, we, we, we know the uncertainties in the global economic outlook and the major central banks have become accommodative and now on the sidelines, we've seen the stock markets rallying. We've got uh, the data this week is quite busy. Stay focused on the uh, PMIs in both Europe and the US, specifically Europe on Thursday this week and then we've got the uh, sentiment index from Germany on Friday. Ollie, look forward to talking to you next week about the latest political upheavals in the UK. Thank you for your time today and thank you to our listeners for listening and for joining our weekly updates. You can subscribe to AAB's Market Talk on SoundCloud or the podcast apps for iOS or Android. Look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of AIB Market Talk. Allied Irish Bank's PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. First Trust Bank is a trademark of AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Allied Irish Bank GB and Allied Irish Bank GB Savings Direct are trademarks used under licence by AIB Group UK PLC. Authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority.